Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap here on August the 15th of 2019. Chris, when did you become WWE champion? Uh, Nick, I'll have you know that I am currently the Fuzzy Wall World Heavyweight Commander Champion for the month of August, and I take my uh, responsibilities as champion very seriously. Uh, which is okay. why I'm recording this podcast night instead of being out there defending my title. Because you know what? I don't need another night to earn points to defend my title. You hear me? Everybody at Fuzzy Wall, which is a grand total of like six people. But you hear me? I don't need that extra day. Because I am the reigning, defending, undisputed champion. And I am your king. Nick, it's really astonishing how much just having a toy belt brings out the inner wrestler in you and you just want to cut yeah. promos all the right. time it's it's what's going on chris i nothing i had it in my room and uh okay it's like fuck it why don't we have a prop we don't have enough props so nick like, I, 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 that's true uh unfortunately you can't see the 12 props that i bought for this uh, particular episode because the camera's not working yeah, so but next time they're all gonna be there right yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. All right, let's remember that, guys. Put it on. Put it on the no. the, the pin. Please don't remember, <laughs> guys. We're gonna have a bit of an odd episode this week because there are no regular series for uh, Shonen Jump or for Crunchyroll or any of the usual manga that we discuss. However, we do have uh, one special epilogue chapter for a series that concluded earlier this year, and we have a recommendation, and we're going to fill out the rest of the time by answering questions from you, the listener. Yes, you, particularly you, the one individually listening to this right now. Even if you didn't ask us a question, we're going to answer a question that you gave us. So, Uh-oh. Yeah. We're inside your head. Shit, that's too intense. Yeah. All right. You can't fucking handle it. No, I can't. All right. Well... We, we should start this off, then, with our recommendation, Nick. Yes. Because that, rec- that's, that's, where all the, that's where all the views are going to come in. People are like, I want to know what they thought about those lesbians. Lesbian series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very sexual series. You can calm down. <laughs> it's uh, the series that we talked about, uh, that we're going to talk about, rather, is Yagate Kimi ni Naru which means blooming into you or several other translations there have been. But uh, it is a series about lesbians. It is a Yuri series. It's actually a Shonen series, which I was surprised when I found out. But yeah, I ran a Shonen magazine. But I guess that explains why it's paced in such a way that I was able to enjoy um, and also drawn in such a way that my eyes weren't bleeding. Uh, I don't know. Shoujo, shoujo manga tend to be drawn with an art style that's a little bit distracting to me but uh this is a series that has it's got it's it's got some some characters with some odd views on love basically uh i guess we can start off with that um because that's kind of the entire reason that the main uh relationship the main romance in the series starts is that our main character named you uh she has this fascination with romance, with shoujo manga and stuff, thinks that one day there's going to be someone who will confess to her and make her heart go doki doki, basically, and fill her with strong feelings, uh, make her you know, realize what it means to be in love. And that has never happened to her. Uh, in fact, a guy actually confesses to her and she feels nothing. And it's like, what's what's going on? Why? I, why don't I feel anything about this? 
fortunately, the high school that she's just learned has this uh, cool older student uh, named Nanami, who she sees reject a confession very com- calmly and confidently and uh, respectfully. And so she ends up talking to her and asking her for advice on what to do. And uh, Nanami helps her to reject the love confession. But then uh, Nanami starts to develop a crush on you pretty quickly and kind of kisses her without really asking. Um, it's going to be a lot of like Nanami kind of taking advantage of you in the, in the, in the beginning chapters, because what it essentially boils down to, we find out is that Nanami needs someone to be there for her to hold on to and to provide her with like physical uh, love. But she doesn't believe that she is deserving of anyone actually loving her in return. And you kind of has hangups about feeling that kind of stuff, as was hinted at in the beginning. And that's how their relationship starts with this bizarre setup of I need you to I need you to be there to not love me when I love you. And yeah, it, it, it's weird. And it's really weird. And it develops from there. That's just the starting point. I think this is the first series uh, that we have taken for recommendation for WMR that has an explicitly lesbian relationship as like the core of it. Maybe we've done one other. We've done a lot of. of I feel feel like we have done at least one other Yuri at this point, but maybe. I think that there was one that we covered like years and years ago towards the beginning of, uh, of our run. But yeah, I honestly can't remember it, but. Maybe we haven't. Maybe we're really far behind the times. Nick, I think we need to talk about She-Ra again. We we need to get those hip kids back in involved with it. So how about that She-Ra, Nick? I refuse to watch it again. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll talk about it for both okay. of us. <laughs> um. So this oh, season three was really good. <laughs> girlfriends was that it? I think that that was it. Yeah. I can't remember anything about it. It was it was, it was a so long yeah. ago, and also it was not particularly memorable, even when we first discussed it. So, so I really didn't know what to expect with this series. Um, just based off the opening chapters, uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, this is a little confusing at first, just because you're kind of getting into this. You start off with the vantage point. Actually, the summary that I the summary that I gave, it is just as difficult to grasp what is going on at first. Because you learn more over time. I, I so. actually really did like the the first like chapter or so with the way it kind of expressed certain like it used certain kind of imagery to express the fact the main character that you did not feel the way about love that she thought she would. She uses this example that mm-hmm. she, she imagined if someone confessed her, it would be like lifting off the ground. And when people did it or she saw it happen or anything like that. Her feet never left the ground. Like it was always, you know, in her mind, sort of this magical moment where she lifted into the air and it would just close up on her feet, being on the ground. She's like, yeah, I'm not feeling this. And I, I kind of like the mm-hmm. way it expressed itself there. Uh, then obviously we get everything with uh, Nanami and uh, she is just terrible. Just, <laughs> just fucking terrible. Um I want to say I like this series, but I didn't. I really had. Okay. I, I, I started off okay on it. And then I kind of started to like it a little bit more as we met some of the side characters. And we started seeing these interesting mm-hmm. kind of perspectives on uh, romance, just love in general. 
Um, and then those characters really did just are not really there for any reason. Um, and we just keep going back to this, this relationship, which honestly, and it's not for me. Um, yeah, I'm missing a core part of maybe what would be required to enjoy this series at its fullest in that I'm not a young girl in love, maybe, or just have a difficulty comprehending that, that vantage point. Maybe some of the mystique of the series is lost on me for that. But as I read their relationship, I'm like, this isn't particularly interesting. And also, Nanami is a... She is a very aggressive bully with a lot of her affection to the point mm-hmm. where you're like, this is kind of uncomfortable. Like you mentioned before that she takes advantage of her at the same time as she's taking advantage of her. She'll chastise you because part of you is that she doesn't really st- not stand up for herself. It's not necessarily she's lacking self-confidence. She just doesn't seem to have much of a presence to her. So anytime someone puts something upon her, she's usually like, she's kind of a doormat in that way. And Nanami chastises her for this time and time again by being like, if you just accept everything people like offer you, they're just going to walk all over you. And like me reading the mug, I'm like, but that's you. That's you doing it. You're walking over her right now in this scene. <laughs> like it's sort of this weird situation because uh, you is not like aggressively against the idea of this relationship, but she's very apathetic towards it. She has no real preference she, on it at the beginning. She does not give a shit, basically. But she, Literally, she'll be like, you know, you're really not treating me well in this whatever. Do what you want. Yeah. You know? She just just she just doesn't care. But that's kind of her personality in a nutshell, which is just all right, whatever. So yeah. so it's it's this moment where you'll get things like they're at like a coffee shop or something like that. And she's like, uh, Danami's like, I love you. And you know, you will be like, all right, I guess I, I'm not really like upset by that. So whatever. And then you, or Danami will be like, and I'm so in love with you that I refuse to let go. And I'm going to pursue you until I can get you to love me too. And you will be like, all right, I guess. And that's sort of like the foundation of the relationship was just sort of an odd place to begin with. It does change over time to honestly not much of a better situation for a while either. But it takes a while for things to develop to a point where they seem like, okay, they're they're in like a healthier relationship now. But that's kind of the whole point of the series, I think, is taking these two characters who really need to figure themselves out. And the way that they kind of end up helping each other to do that. Like, I totally agree with you. Like the first five ish chapters or so of this manga, I was like, I'm probably going to come out of this manga like hating it because I was like you. I was like, I mean, it's just kind of bullying you into this relationship. It's, you know, at least you doesn't feel like she's being bullied or anything like that. She literally just doesn't care. And that's one of, honestly one of my favorite things about her is just that. She just doesn't give a fuck. There's a point where because there is uh, there's a love triangle to this uh, to this series. A lot of it is set around the fact that Nanami is part of the student council at the beginning of the series. Uh, you is her campaign manager, mostly because Nanami's like, you should be my campaign manager because it's definitely not because I want to be near you. And it's it's for other reasons. Yeah. Um, she 
ends up becoming the student council president. And uh, through their time together, you decides that although she doesn't love Nanami back, she's kind of taken with her and she ends up joining the student council as well. So a lot of the st- series is set around these are, are the members of the student council. And that's kind of our core cast of characters is the members of the student council. The two of them, uh, Nanami's bestie, Sayaka, who has a crush on Nanami, but she has kind of kept it under wraps. And because she knows that Nanami is in a point where she doesn't want someone to love her. So she's basically kind of fooled herself into thinking like, I just need to stay near her. And then when she changes, that will be my opportunity. And she's got this complicated relationship with you because she feels like she's kind of like stepped in on her uh, claim, basically, on Nanami. Um, Again, when it starts off, characters really, you know, are not in a good place. But the point of the series is seeing them mature. Uh, So there's a point where Nanami and you have gotten closer and Nami's like, what if I started just calling you by, you know, just your given name? And he's like, OK, for those of you not aware, that's a big deal. in in Japan is that level of familiarity with someone once you reach a certain age. So you're just like, yeah, OK, whatever. Uh, and so they start doing that and they start doing that at the student council. And so Sayaka kind of sees what's going on, which is like, well, maybe I should start calling you by your first name, too. And you're just like. Okay, it <laughs> completely backfires because I was like, that'd be really awkward. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> she, and it's really it, it's actually really funny when it happens because it you just can't get to you psychologically like that. She just doesn't care. Um, and there's some other interesting characters that I think in this in this council. Um, we see like some of uh, Yu's friends that are in her class that she knew before. She's got this friend who's a writer, uh, another friend who's got an at- who is an athlete, and she's got her own thing going on. Um, then there's a really odd character. I can't remember his name, but he's one of the boys in the student council, and he is the first one who finds out about Yu and Nanami. He, he's the first one who finds out about you and Nanami's weird relationship because he sees Nanami kissing her. And so he's like, yeah, so what were you guys doing in the student council room? Uh, you know, doing stuff. Okay, so what about when she kissed you? Oh, please don't tell anyone about that. He's like, I don't care. No, it's fine. See, and it turns out he's kind of a voyeur. I mean, kind of is like putting it kindly, honestly. He's basically a PG voyeur. He really likes seeing people's relationships develop. And we see in his backstory that he will have actually given advice to girls in their relationships. And then they'll be like, but I fall in love with you. And he's like, damn it. No, that's not what I wanted. I want to watch the play on the stage. I don't want the people on the stage to then reach out to me and pull me up onto it. And the way he explains it is like, I just don't have any interest in love at all outside of watching other people's relationships it's he's very odd um but that kind of play plays into you know you as well because i got the impression early on especially because you wasn't having any you know loving feelings for anyone that maybe this wasn't necessarily going to just be a series about lesbians as much a series that had like an asexual protagonist 
that didn't turn out to be the case. And I think that the reason Umaki was kind of put in there was to, was to have that um, that kind of flagpole, basically, like, OK, you know, she's you know kind of somewhere on this spectrum between being a very hormonal teenager and this completely uninterested in having someone love them uh, personality. And she's kind of close to one end, but definitely not all the way. Uh, fortunately, um, not everyone stays the way that they start off in this series because it would be, it would have been a very frustrating ride. Uh, so I agree with you, but I also disagree with you basically. So, so I, I did actually, I really liked the character of Maki. Um, when he was first introduced, it was kind of interesting because it happens, as you mentioned, super early on. It's like the end of the third chapter. Or so, uh, you know, they're in the school. The, they've won the student council election. They're the student council now. You and Anami stay after class to, like, do some shit. And eventually it ends up with them kissing. And Maki sees it. You're like, shit. All right. Well, this is this is like a, a catalyst to push things forward, because if he starts telling people that everyone thinks is all the mystique to like Nanami, like her entire image is that she is sort of this perfect being. And she's right. turned down a lot of guys would, because she says and there would be this controversy because she put you with her in the student yeah. council and had her be your campaign manager scandal. You and know, then so. you're like, all right, I wonder when this is going to pay off. And the next chapter is Maki confronting you about it. And he's like, no, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. And you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. It's like a nice subversion of interest in this. And he, he expresses how he's like, I'm not really into that. Uh, I'm, I really prefer to watch from afar. And he even uses like the imagery of like being at like a movie theater or at a play. <laughs> so when it's like someone's confessing to him, he's like, uh, being in love with someone from the audience, that's boring. Like it's a very visually interesting way of portraying it. And I was yeah. like, I'm super into this character. As you said, maybe he could be someone that represents someone on the A spectrum. I don't know if he's supposed to be at all. The series doesn't really delve far enough into it. Uh, and then Maki barely gets used again. He shows up. Every so mm-hmm. often, a handful of times, uh, and really makes me kind of question why this series had a side cast to begin with, because outside of like Seiki, there's not really like side characters pop in every now and then. But for a little as, bit, as, yeah. as, as, as the series is at the time of recording, it's 43 chapters long. I know it's like right mm-hmm. about to end. So we picked a bad time to start discussing it. Um, <laughs> but in that 43 kind of chapter sequence. Uh, there's like one major storyline of like the play and the school festival. Yeah. Um, and then everything else are kind of like small chapters around that. And the small chapters rarely ever seem to involve those side characters at all, which makes me kind of question. I was like, well, why do we have them then at that point? Like, why did we make Maki? Why did we introduce him in chapter three? Why did we make him be the first one that discovers the secret and then do nothing with them? Like mm. they do show up. But never in any point where they, unless I missed it, because I did skip over like one or two chapters as I was starting to kind of like phase out of this series. Like, let's just get to this fucking play. Uh, but well, Maki's Maki's the person who ends up helping you realize that she is actually in love with Nanami. So yeah. So I, I just I was kind of I was kind of hoping we'd see more of these characters over the time of it. It really seems like everyone's there, and I guess this is what a supporting cast is meant to do. But really, they're just <laughs> there for the main characters to like. Yeah. basically be like hey you guys got to get together 
Which maybe is why I have such a negative feeling of this series, because I really just did not care about these two characters by the end of it. Um, mm. I, I I thought that there was a lot of stuff involving Nanami that was like, okay, so you, you clearly have some trauma and issues you need to work out. Uh, not to spoil anything on the series, but she there's reasons why she's created this like image of like the perfect uh student kind of the the perfect uh person I guess that she kind of embodies and it's tied to some stuff in her past there's there's some areas there that you're like okay there's like some blockades to kind of get through and for a, a large part of it it kind of feels like she just drags you through all that stuff and it's not until like the very end of the series that you start to get like oh, okay they actually do care about one another like there actually is things they like about one another so it's not like completely out of left field but i just never really bought into their romance i never really was able to like dig into it and be like oh cool they're a good couple i always kept thinking i was like i don't know if it feels like you or nanami has shit she needs to work on first and i kind of always wanted you to get mm. away from her oh <laughs> that's a shame because I, I thought that this was actually a really cute series, uh, and I love the way that the two of them end up growing and because, and the way that they grow together. And also, there's actually a really good message about relationships that I like because one of Nanami's things is that because of this facade that she's put on, she one of the reasons that she doesn't feel that she's deserving of love is because that's like not the real her. And also, if she changes, then that means that if the person fell in love with that facade, then are they going to love the real her? And if the real her changes, are they still going to love her? And eventually, there's the, what she ends up getting told is that that's what relationships are. It's, you know, an expression of love is not there. Without giving everything away, what a character says, and I've actually saved this page because I thought it was really good. Um an expression of love to someone doesn't mean that you're not okay with them changing. It also doesn't mean you have to be okay with however that they may change. It's putting confidence in someone that they're going to stay true to what made you fall in love with them in the first place. Love is an expression of trust. And I think that that's really cool. Um, there are some really good moments in this manga that I quite enjoy. There are quite a few uh, like little um, side chapter things that happen. Um, that explore more of stuff that happens to the supporting cast. For example, one of the teachers at the school is in a, an established relationship with uh, like the owner of a restaurant, and we cut back to them occasionally. One of the two of them gives advice to Sayaka, the girl who has a crush on Nanami. Um, there's stuff involving uh, Yu's writer friend because she meets a an author of hers that she idolizes and there's some stuff about that. Um, but in general, I definitely see your point about they're kind of underutilized. It tends to be that they just kind of, we just kind of check up on them occasionally, but they don't really generally have a lot to do with what happens in the main plot, which is just the interaction between you and Nanami, excepting Sayaka because she's part of the love triangle. Yeah. I, I thought it would have been nice. And maybe it's just because the story just kind of has forward momentum 
uh, that maybe we'd get like a chapter would be like, hey, we're going to all go to the library today. And you get like, oh, hey, and Maki showed up. And it's it's not like a comedy series or even like a series. <laughs> he comes in from through the door and the sitcom on. He's like, hey! <laughs> and he dances his way across the screen and he drops his uh, famous catchphrase. He's like, smells like someone dropped a number two. And then the audience all hey, that has nothing to do with this character. Nope. <laughs> like, I love it though. He's got his catchphrase. He knows what gets the people laughing, and it's poop. Um, but if I could, uh, let me just stress this because maybe this will also help people who want to read this series and are maybe like, I don't know, Chris did seem like. It. Let me just stress, I I I fucking hate teenagers in love. It is so <laughs> frustrating to watch this happen. I'm not saying if you're a teenager that you have no idea what love is. I'm not trying to degrade you or anything like that. I'm just saying when people are very young, they often make things much more complicated than they need to. And there's a perfect moment at the, so like, this is, it's not really a spoiler to say they get together and it's this big yeah. chapter. They confess their love to one another. And the next chapter use like walking down the street and she's like, what does this make us? Are we lovers? Are we girlfriends? And she starts panicking about it. And I'm seeing her. I'm like smashing my face against the computer. It's like, stop overthinking this. Why are you doing this? Just make out with her and enjoy it. Why do you need to like define it like that? It's just like, oh my God, I hate children fucking doing this shit. There's also the whole issue of what keeps them apart right before they get together, which is literally just one of them leaves after the other person says something ominous without hearing exactly what they mean. And that keeps them apart for literally days. So that can that's frustrating, too. But I think that this does come down to just a fundamental difference in our tastes, honestly, because I don't know, as I've gotten older, I've just been like, yay, cutesy teenagers in love. I love that shit as if I have been like. Because I think I was kind of in denial of it for a while when I was younger. I'm just like, no, who cares about that shit? And I was just like, yay, they can be happy now. And that's kind of my stance now. So I quite enjoyed this series. I did everything that you have said in criticism of it is correct. <laughs> but, yeah. no, I, 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 I firmly think that more people are going to enjoy this and maybe the impression I'm laying on. I don't want to make it sound like I hated this series because I, I didn't. This isn't going to like show up in my most hated series at the end of the year or anything like that. I just, it's a series that I really couldn't get into. But again, as I explained earlier, I think part of that too is that I'm maybe missing like a core aspect of what you need to understand a series because all like, the mystique and stuff like that just didn't seem to click with me. So I just kind of sat there and I was just like, I don't want you to talk to each other. <laughs> I sit there for a while and I'm like, you can't stop screaming at your computer, Christopher. <laughs> well, you know, there we, here we are. There are some things about the series that it does better than others. I, I will say that in the end, it is a flawed series that I very much enjoyed. And I think that there are some parts of it that are a lot more insightful than I was expecting this kind of series to be. It explored some stuff that I didn't really think that it would. It made me curious about about the uh, you know LGBT scene in Japan more because of some of the hangups that the characters have about stuff. There's one bonus chapter that revolves around Sayaka, where basically, because uh, as part of her backstory, we learned that she was uh, in love with uh, a senpai at her middle school. And then um, basically she was like, oh, we're getting older. We, we should stop, you know, being silly like this and playing pretend lesbian, basically. 
from what I under when I've heard, it is apparently a, a thing in Japan that, you know, young girls will have relationships with each other and then are expected to grow out of it. I don't know exactly how much of that is still a thing or how legitimate that uh thing that i've heard is but that's something that i've heard about it and basically that does happen with sayaka this girl kind of like just grows out of it it's like you know oh you know we had you know a college experimentation kind of thing and there's a bonus chapter where she run where sayaka runs into that girl again and she's like i'm sorry you know i'm sorry that i made you go out with me so it's my fault if you still like girls i hope that you can go back to being a normal girl and you just kind of see sayaka's expression just slightly changed to like being like, I can't believe I was ever in love with this bitch. And then Nanami comes by and she runs up like, Hey, and then like acts like they're in a, like they're a couple in a relationship. Just to be like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and that was, that was honestly probably my favorite moment. The entire manga was just, she was like, yeah, I'm still a lesbian. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I had quite a good time reading this manga, uh, so thank you guys for recommending it. Um, but hey, if only one of us can like the the recommendation, I'm glad it was me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, thanks guys for the early sadistic September waka waka. <laughs> that's mean as fuck. <laughs> okay, I really didn't have that. All right, all right. So that's uh, one of a, one of one high recommendation for Yagata Kimi Naru, and one eh, so. Let's uh, move on from there. We don't have any regular manga to talk about this week, like I said at the top, but there was a epilogue chapter that dropped on Viz. Um, Nick, you, okay, lo- so, you loved Hellboy so right? I was high on it to begin with and then just got kind of increasingly disillusioned by it with time. Um, I will say... Because I think it was last week that we talked about how we prefer that series end if they're canceled early. Not like this, because this was stupid and pointless and really weirdly placed. Uh, So the epilogue chapter 19.5, which is was was titled Dragon, I think it was was the title Uh, Night of the Dragon. Okay, so this chapter takes place. A couple months after the last, last chapter of Higuma. Um, and it was explained that two months have passed since Akagade attacked. So apparently the same amount of time since it was canceled, basically. And they're at a, like an Oban festival. And they're here because there's going to be a high level fugitive spirit that's going to attack the festival. And then we cut to this y- little girl who's put her hair in a ponytail. And her name is Hinata. And they're taking her to the Oban Festival. Yay! She's gonna go see the fireworks, Aww, and then she ends up separate. She she ends up separated from her family, and runs into into Higuma, and he's like, "Hey, where are your mom and dad?" And she's like, "I came to see the fireworks." And just just clearly does not care about being on her own. They like get her like a candy apple, and she's like completely dead faced, expressionless when she's going and eating it. Oh, man, Nick, I'm not, like, I'm not comfortable with. Uh people after stranger things season three i'm not comfortable with people at amusement park fairs receiving something and then being left alone it's just it's okay it's okay there's she's not russian it'll be fine (laughs) that was way more heartbreaking than it had any right to be by the way (laughs) it's like no no the bromance (laughs) 
It... Anyway. Yeah. Spoilers for season three of Stranger Things. <laughs> it's all the Russians. So the spirit shows up. It's a weird dragon thing that scales fall off and the scales form into like weird, vaguely shaped monsters that try to attack people. So Ayaha and uh, Kubota have to fight them off while Kiyuma goes up and fights the main dragon thing. And he's like, hey, Roku, giant flaming pot thing. Stay with this girl. And she's like, it just doesn't doesn't react to the giant flaming orb thing that appears and he's like I'm gonna go and fight the dragon so I'll be back before the fireworks start and he goes flies off and so of course the girl is just like okay and he fights the dragon and is having to make sure that it doesn't hurt anyone he like uses a fan thing to blow its scales back at him the dragon tries to swallow him and he blows his way out of it and shoots it with the bow and and is hurting it the fireworks are about to begin and he's like, okay, I, b- I better you, I better finish this guy up. And then he sees he not to the little girl up on top of one of the stalls. And he's like, what are you doing up here? And she transforms into a hell spirit thing and floats out of the girl's body. And he's like, wait a minute, you're, and she finishes off the dragon and is like, don't block the sky with your annoying scales. I'm trying to watch the fireworks. And he and Higuma identifies her as Uen Kaseki, a hell, a spirit with a duration in hell of 821 years. And she's like, didn't you realize who I was? You didn't. You just thought I was a little girl. Well, why? I thought you were you suspected me and you were trying to make sure that I didn't get away. Why didn't you move me away from here where it would have been safe? And he's like, I wanted you to watch the fireworks. My job is to protect the hopes and dreams of the living from the likes of you, even when they're dreaming of the little things. And so Uenkaseki's like, the dead have hopes and dreams too. Check out fireworks. They're awesome. They're loud. And, and then she says, scared dogs. And I'm all about things that scare dogs. <laughs> she says, don't you find it strange? Even when we both gaze up at the same fireworks, our divide remains unbridged. Are you also singing the Linkin Park song in your head? No, I, I was thinking of that gotta love one another song. Anyway, so she's like, I'm going to let you go now. Thanks for the candy apple. Next time I see you, I'll burn you to ashes. Bye. Uh, and he disappears and she disappears. And he was like, she got away and Ryusen is dead. The twins are going to ridicule me again. But anyway, Kubota and Ayaha are like, yay, we won. Come down here. Let's enjoy the festival. And he's like, mm, she's right about why Warrens risk their lives to save everything. It's not like I want to hear that from her, though. I won't let you take it. It's my job to stop you. And those are the last lines of the entire series. Just collage of all of the different characters that we've seen in the series so far. And then Kubota and Ayaha and Higuma and Roku all looking up at fireworks. And that's the end. So what was the... Was I guess you're like it's one of it's kind of like um, it's kind of like how I don't know if they know how to describe this because this didn't seem to be like a closure that was needed. 
No, there was no closure in this chapter. It was opening up because it introduced Higuma to a villain he would have had to encounter and deal with later on. This would have been fine as a chapter that would have been, you know, in the middle of the series, like, oh, here is this new villain. And now Higuma knows who they are and something about their personality and some of their capabilities. And it establishes a bit of the dynamic between them in terms of the way that their philosophies conflict with one another. That is a opening note not a closing note and it was really weird that we end the series overall on this note when it was specifically tacked on to the end of the previous ending it seems completely pointless to have had this new chapter it wasn't like a bad chapter i kind of like when kaseki's whole thing i like her you know being this you know completely not giving a fuck little girl who then transforms into uh fuck off and let me enjoy the fireworks demon girl but it, it seems pointless to have added this on to the end i don't get what the purpose of it was it's it almost sounds like they looked at it and were like okay we you kind of got we you kind of had to rush your ending so we're going to give you a chance to do another chapter due to a more proper uh cap on the end of the series and they're like okay here's a plan that i had for chapter 25 instead of chapter 19 it is strange. You'd assume that if you were going to get like, because this wasn't even a chapter that ran a jump. It ran in one of the extra magazines or one of the digital yeah. things. So if you were going to use it, I guess it's a way of being like, hey, here's one last kind of send off to it. But it's odd to do a chapter that neither fully closes off more of what the series kind of had left on it because they never actually like had him fight his main villain. Correct. I remember they introduced him and everything like that, but did they actually, like, settle all of that at the end of Haguma? No. Okay, so they don't do that, and it's also, I guess this is kind of like, and so the adventure continues, but not in a particularly exciting way. So I don't know. It's, it's very strange, Nick. What do you think of yes. it? You, is it your favorite it was... chapter? Is it your MVP of the week? By default! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did not enjoy, I, I did not come out of this enjoying it. It more confused me than, than anything. So that's fair. Uh, so I think we're going to start talking some, uh, Q and A's, uh, yeah. while we get ready for that, I want to note, uh, and I'm going to post the link here to the people who are listening and I'll probably throw this up on the Twitter for, I guess people who are listening to this afterwards that want to do it, but I know that Nick and myself, we want to add a new series to weekly manga recap because mm -hmm. we don't have food wars in there anymore uh, and it's a very real likelihood we're probably going to be losing something else soon like seven deadly sins is definitely going to be going and i don't know how much longer promise neverland's going to be around it could be a while but I, I think those are series also on their way out as well so uh we'll put together a straw poll about which series uh of the jump series that are currently running that we would uh that you guys would like to add to the magazine so it's on a straw poll uh post that in here right now and uh, the main thing, guys, is you could vote for up to three. Technically, you can vote for all of them, but that doesn't help if you vote for all of them. So right. just vote for up to three, and we're going to use that to try to find out which one people kind of want us to talk about the most. Uh, the choices there are Chainsaw Man, uh, Demon Slayer, Kometsu no Yaiba, Act Age, Haikyuu, and Jujutsu Kaisen. So uh, if you want to check that out and uh, put your votes in, it'll help us figure out what you guys would like us to see, and we'll yeah. try to add that to the, uh, the recap. Yes. All right. So, uh, I get started up with some questions I have here from the spreadsheet. 
if you want to start off. Okay. Right. So I and I'll go through. So you can go like through the spreadsheet. And I'll go. Yeah, through I, email. there's only going to be two things for me. So uh, okay, just, and uh, then no, it'll swap yeah. over. So okay. Uh, first, I got two questions here from Jelly Elfson, who says, "Hey, Nick and Chris, I remember way back at the beginning of WMR, you two had episodes about fixing Naruto and Bleach. If you were to try fixing some of the other series of Jump, which series and what fixes?" Black Clover. <laughs> so it, um. it, it is worth noting that it was uh, somewhat intentional and not intentional that the fixing was uh, a somewhat like more controversial title than necessary. We weren't actually right. saying we were fixing these series. We were just saying like, if we were able to change things, here's how we think we go. But we're also idiots, and we're probably not going to be right on some of these things. So I'm not. Right. I'm not saying this is going to fix it because my fixes to something like Black Clover may make it immediately get canceled. You know, like everybody's like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to read this anymore. And Asta is no longer the main character. Asta's not around. Uh, you know's not no around. No Leona. <laughs> we're gonna focus in on like uh, Gray and Gauche. So half. <laughs> yeah. So half the characters die. Yeah. And the others have to pick up the scraps for this. <laughs> um, so if I were to change something, like try to make Black Clover more amusing to me or more entertaining, I think the number one thing would just be like developing the Black Bulls and their backstories and actually showing them not being like making it so that there's actual real hardship against them outside of the fact that like occasionally you'll see like a nobu is like oh the black bulls they suck but then everyone else acknowledges them as being super good apparently they're the second most popular because hmm. uh, I, I saw some write a tweet where they were like oh man i never realized black clover was just everything i want out of fairy tale and more and i i've really sat there thinking about that tweet for a while and i was like i can kind of see it but they both, in my mind, have the exact same problem where they're like, we're a group of outcasts. We're also the strongest people in the entire kingdom. <laughs> and we're never really reprimanded for it. And everyone of real consequence seems to enjoy our presence. So I'm like, I don't really know if there's a real consequence. Like, you're not really a group of like outcast underdogs when everybody's like, here come the Black Bulls. They'll save us. <laughs> Um, I don't know if anyone's had that particular reaction, but it does. It is odd that, yeah, like the Wizard King uh, really likes Yami. He really likes Asta. You know, sure, there is like the actual king, but who gives a fuck what he thinks? He's played up as a joke. Did he die? And Did they kill him in that attack? I don't think so. I thought someone um, saved him, but I'm like, has he done anything since he, show he showed up? <laughs> Because, like, it's not even like, oh, he's a joke to the audience. No, he's a joke among the people. Like, when he very, the very first time he showed up during that popularity thing, whereas, oh, the Black Bulls got all these stars and stuff, he shows up and tries to, you know, appeal to the people. And they're just like, oh, look at this asshole. And he didn't care. Like, it, it, it doesn't seem to have consequence for anyone to have, you know, this negative opinion of the Black Bulls. Mm -hmm. So, if they played up more into, you know, like, I guess like the Golden Dawn or something like that. Having a negative opinion on them, that was a thing that came up back when, uh, what Mimosa and Hans, I think, might have been his name. Oh, glasses yeah, dude. I, say, I remember his glasses dude. Yeah, but so he, they, Hans had a little bit of a thing, but it's like, well, Asta immediately proved himself to them. 
I I think that there just needs to be in general like something needs to be tweaked in order to make it feel like when Asta and company emerge triumphant at the end, it feels like they did a lot to deserve it. Uh, you can have the same big triumph for them, absolutely, but it never felt like they the series was going to end any other way than Asta's super sword powers did it. Because as soon as the possession elf possession stuff was introduced, has to get a new super sword power that you knew would solve it. So, yeah. So there you go. Speaking of Black Clover, because we're going to have a little bit more of a question on that here. This comes from Karita Prime. Hello. Nick, why ruler of the Black Bulls Freeman? And Chris, what do you mean Jack the Ripper is a quote unquote hero? Larios. You can tell these questions are aged because I think some of those yeah. are being pulled from like 2018, like the end of it. So there's going to be like references to WMR from back Jack then. The Ripper. Now, one, I recently decided to reread all of Black Clover, which took just a weekend. And then after having to remember Asta's dumb crush on the nun, I started thinking there's a nun in this universe. Not only that, but since the basic aesthetic of the series is middle aged Europe, there are a lot of crossed both in people's wardrobe and jewelry and the architecture. A lot of crosses, I should say. Does that mean there is slash was a Jesus in the Black Clover world? And if that is the case, what do you think his magic type was? Was it wood magic, wine magic? Was he the first wizard king? Jesus. <laughs> uh, yes, like, yes, Jesus I Christ. Know. That's what the question's about. Yeah, you got me on that. Uh, I'm just very bemused by the idea of Jesus having wood magic. <laughs> And I'm like, what's his big weakness? Why did he? Yeah, why did, his nail no, what would have been his? What would have been his weakness? Because <laughs> no, wood is fine. He's he's a carpenter. It's a carpenter. It's when right. he goes up against someone with nail magic that it's really that's when it's <laughs> egregious. I would think that his wood magic somehow allows him to imitate many other types of magic. Yeah. <laughs> he's like wood as one of the five basic elements according to some of the systems out there. Allows me to uh, create a base for all magic. And then someone walks exactly. up with metal magic. And they're like, take that same explanation, but replace wood with metal. And then everyone else just... Like, I don't know why everyone just doesn't can't cast every magic. It feels like we should just get to that point. <laughs> I, I am 99% certain that Jesus would be able to do multiple forms of magic. Just because, I mean, if, if, if fucking... Penny McDeer dude can do it, then Jesus should damn well be able to do it. Mm. Number two, speaking of Jesus, I remember some months ago, uh, you got a question about One Piece's version of Jesus, and it got me thinking, what manga universe do you guys think would have the worst and the greatest version of Jesus? Which manga would have the best Jesus? Which manga would have the worst Jesus, basically? Mm. So, uh, I feel as though the worst would probably be Dr. Stone because it's all about science, science triumphing over stuff. And Jesus is all about work, working miracles and everything. So I feel like he would be kind of pathetic in that series. And also it's about 7,000 years after he canonically died. So um, I would say in my mind, the worst would be Eden zero. <laughs> <laughs> because the way we know Hero would write Jesus is he's a pervert and he would use uh -huh. some of his magic to make women's tops disappear or something like that. Like he'd be a mischievous kind of Jesus. 
I, I don't know if you had Jesus's like miracles reproduced in such a way that were just for him to look up women's skirts like, you know, he walks on water in order to like somehow get the best view up a girl's skirt or something. I feel like that would actually be funny. So, yeah, um, I actually think Dr. Stone would have the best version because if they do, because mm. it's always it's a series that actually when it does talk about real historical figures, it always makes them out to be these like crazy mythological like figures who are worthy of the most reverence and respect possible when it's like, and that's why Edison did all of this. You kind of like, you sit there and you're like, well, Tesla did. I don't, you know, let's not get into this again. <laughs> but anyway, it's a series that makes you kind of like Te- Edison. You're like, yeah, he invented all this cool science. I feel like, I don't know how Jesus would come up. If like, he's like, we have to, create religion so that we can then get to an inquisition i i'm trying to think like what piece of like the <laughs> there's a road ma- there's a road map to all the horrible things that have been done in the name of christianity He's like we need a jesus in order first. to get in order to get to the crusades we have to <laughs> we have to get jesus first and that jesus chapter is going to be real solid i don't know how the series is going to do after that but uh, I feel like if you were going to, if you want a series that makes a historical figure look really cool, it's going to be Dr. Stone. I feel like the best version of Jesus would come from My Hero Academia. Oh, he would be hero. crucifix hero Jesus, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> sacrilegious people. All right. Light, light the Jesus signal. Come on. <laughs> All right. So I actually uh, had a second question there from uh, Gelly Elves. Just a real quick one. So would you consider reading light novels slash web novels for WMR? Um, Probably not. Unless it's a manga. Because we're the manga. Like, I'm not against the idea of reading them, but maybe for like extra material kind of stuff. Yeah, I could see us, you know, reading a light novel for like a bonus thing sometime. Yeah, something but like that. But as an actual recommendation, maybe, maybe like an anime related light novel series that thus the manga is like an adaptation of the anime is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but yes. All right. Uh, and then I got so. three questions here for Tropical. It says, hey, why the nick of time Freeman and Chris the ruler of time Larios has a gun going, guys? That's the first question. It's not, but I'm counting as the first one. Uh, it's been okay. Uh, first question, with the decanary anniversary of the podcast coming up, do you have any upcoming ideas or reflections for what you have done on the show, what you feel that the show has evolved to at this point, or what are your thoughts for the next decade of manga reading? Now, it's worth knowing, I think we're... We'll be coming up next year on year nine, because I think 2021 would actually be our, or yeah, 2021 will be our 10th year anniversary, I think. We started, tw- I'd have to double check. I thought we started in 2011. I think that, yeah, we, we started late into when I was at college the first time, so it would have been 2010, 2011. I think it's 2011. That's so. That's where my mind goes to. So we're a little bit off. So we have a full year still, a full year and a half and then some to to plan this out. But I guess, yeah, we should do something huge for our 10 year. Jesus Christ, 10 years. That's ridiculous. There are children out there, Nick, who have never known a world without Weekly Manga Recap. Now, granted, most of those children, in fact, maybe all of them don't know that Weekly Manga Recap exists. (laughs) But uh, that's that's, that's pretty incredible. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to compare, like, a decade like 
listening to like the first episode and then comparing like the series as we went to to where they are 10 years later what our feelings are because i think we've mm. we've also softened our feelings on a lot of series since then yeah i think that we in general tend to go easier on manga these days than we did back when we thought we knew everything which clearly we did not and still don't so yeah. uh second question here just to be cheeky uh cheeky brit he he but when will you guys be updating the description for the WR Twitter handle so it no longer mentions Y Ruler Time instead of Nick's new handle at Nick of Time? Well, now that you've told me that happens, I'll change that in just a hot second. So there you go. And third question, what podcast uh, editing software do you use? I, I didn't actually read the question verbatim because I started thinking that I did know how it was going to go. And then there were other words I wasn't expecting. But that's the gist of what he's actually. What, what, what do we use to edit, publish, and everything like that? Uh, so the main thing is uh, I record everything through OBS because I mm -hmm. tried doing, uh, we both use Audacity to record and think about it afterwards. And it is a super stressful process because if one file isn't good, the entire thing's fucked. Uh, so I use OBS to just record everything on my end. Uh, it's more reliable. It doesn't crash as much. It, yeah, it, It's worked out easier for us in, in the time but that turns it into an flv or i actually forget the exact format it turns it into uh, i basically convert it afterwards into a different format uh i edit it through audacity uh then i put it in currently i'm using premiere for a very long time i used vegas and i really wish i could use vegas again i need to find a better editing software because premiere's fine but fuck premiere for charging me 50 bucks every month to use it it's it's ridiculous. Like I was like, can't I just pay you like three hundred dollars and I just don't have to do it again? As opposed, to no, like, I've paid you a thousand dollars at this point or fucking whatever. So give us money. Uh, I do have like an old copy of Vegas somewhere, but I I can't create like uh, anywhere near the resolution with it that people would mm. want nowadays. Even just for like a video podcast where our images are pretty small and it it, it comes out not looking so great. So. Uh, that's what I use right now, but I haven't had anybody throw out like a better suggestion on like what to use. And it took me long enough to learn Premiere that I'm like, God, do I have to occasion that? Do I have to figure out a new one again? But there you go. Yeah. Very thorough answer. All right. Uh, our next email comes from August. Dear Wizen, the ruler of crime and Rolo Teets. Hey. I feel like I really made out with the better one that time. <laughs> what that means everyone you keep saying it next so i have to ask what do you mean you didn't like music as a kid just like any tune you hated your abcs got hot and cross with hot crossed buns i know just the concept of i don't like music when music is so nebulous and everywhere i didn't listen to music as a kid i, I just didn't no, I, 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 just... I completely can understand that because as a kid i didn't like i was aware of music but didn't listen to it it just wasn't a thing that I did. I would play video games. Uh, I would read. Uh, I just did not listen to music. I did not listen to music while I did things. I don't know. Um, I guess that it was just something that I just never consciously thought about. There would be some songs that I was familiar with and that I liked, sure, as a kid. But it wasn't like a thing for me to regularly listen to stuff uh, until I freaking listen to Linkin Park. And there you go. You know, I, I've got a, I'm pretty close to that because I can remember like in eighth grade like hanging out at Science Olympiad and one of the guys who I was kind of like just acquaintances with it was just the two of us and one guy was like so you like uh, Green Day and I was like I don't really listen to music I just they seen his face of like what 
are you talking about? <laughs> like, you don't listen to any music and being like, well, if I sit here and tell you that I was like, well, Sonic 2 has the best soundtrack of all time, you're going to think I'm a loser. But then very shortly thereafter, like, I started listening to the entirety of, like, Limp Biscuit, And I was like, Limp Biscuit's good music. Like, I don't know. Like, it was like <laughs> once I became a teenager, I was like, oh, now I could start really getting into this kind of music. But, like, until that point, I just didn't really do it. I don't know it's 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 for the exact same reason you that you do not understand why I didn't like music as a kid is the same reason I don't understand why you don't get that I didn't like music as a kid. Yeah, you know? you're the freak so, here, August. It's not that's not uh, what I was going for. But yeah, well, that's what I went for. I always take it to that next level. And you know why? Because I am the fuzzy wall world heavyweight commander. What does that champion. mean? Fuzzy walls. What does that fuzzy mean? Fuzzy walls the store I work at. Okay. So that's why. I haven't been able to... I, I was going to graffiti the title, so it said that along the bottom. Because right now, <laughs> this is World Heavyweight Champion. Also, this is a belt made for children. So Yeah, it, it it looks like it could, like... Yeah, if you put it around your head, it might hurt. <laughs> well, if you put it around the head, it can't do much more. Uh, but, you know, it's that, maybe that's where it's at its best. Alright. Number two. Make a manga-themed cereal with any characters as the mascot. And the prize inside. Hmm. I would like one piece bites, one bites, I think. And you have little each each grain is enough for one bite. Well, like, well, <laughs> <laughs> That's huge chunks of cereal. Oh. One bites. Well, like so, you put it in there. You you make the grains. They're sh- kind of shaped like the Straw Hats or like Jolly Rogers, but they're meat flavored uh, because oh, Luffy likes God. meat. And then <laughs> no. there's an advertisement on it to make sure you put milk in it because milk keeps healthy bones. It's got a picture of Brooke and he's giving like a thumbs up. Uh, but then there are <laughs> devil fruit marshmallows and the marshmallows are just random flavors. They're all awful. You never know what you're going to get, but so they're like, all pretty like bots. Flavor yeah, well, yeah it's like this one could be salt and vinegar. The next one could be pickle. The next one could be uh, old bay. Like it's it's always different every single time. My God! <laughs> do you think do you think kids are gonna buy it? I mean, some will. Yeah. Ah, goddamn! <laughs> I was trying to think of an idea, and then you went on about that, and I've completely forgotten anything that I was building up. So forget it. Let's just move on to the next All question. All right. People always say they want another mean Pokemon rival, but I don't know. With how much people complain about Bakugo and just general mindsets about bullying these days, do you think today's fans would actually like a mean trainer? Uh, you can have a mean character and have them like them. People love Bakugo. What the fuck are you talking about? If you make a character memorable uh, and silly uh, for Pokemon, then it doesn't matter if they're mean or not. Like... That's the thing that people like about Gary Oak is that he is absolutely ridiculous and a weird brat. It's not that he's mean to the main character. Yeah, like it's also not that your your character has to get like supremely bullied by this character or anything like that. They could just be dis- like they could just be dismissive. They could be like supremely cocky. And over- it's the fact that like every trainer recently is like, "Hey, my best buddy, let's have a good old Pokemon yeah. fight." And then you crush them, and they're just like, "Golly gee, I guess you're the strongest." And you're just like, "Come on, man, have some balls, get angry." Isn't it me. more? 
Yeah, isn't it more interesting to have a character and you beat them and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm going to kill you next time kind of thing. I mean, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, they are psychotic or have a history of bullying your character. And now you're getting revenge on them. But it's just a matter of you can have different character dynamics with a rival character, as we have seen from eight years of doing shonen manga reviews. So. <laughs> Uh, and then there's a challenge to make a water type Pokemon. And that's it. Um, you can be dual type. It can just be a concept. You can make it, you can name it and have, give it an evolution if you want. Uh, let's, there are already so many water types. Water I think it's the most common type in all of Pokemon. Yeah, I, I believe so. And I think it's the only type that has also already done every single dual type as well. Um, wouldn't be surprised. I think there was a like the last one I was waiting for was a water fire, and they did a water fire legendary at some point. So I think they've done all of them at this point. Um, mm. In my mind, my, I'm like trying to think of a creature in the water they haven't done yet, and I'm like, I guess there aren't very many eel Pokemon. The closest to I can kind of think of are the there's the elect there's the electric eel types from Unova, which I don't remember their name, there? but. I don't even remember. There were like electric eel kind of things. Hold on. I got to go to Cerebi to remember these ones. Uh, Well, I was going to say like a moray eel and make it like a water type, maybe like a water dark type. And it just bites you from rocks. And the rock is kind of like where it hangs out, like a big rock. I don't know. Um, But uh, that's the closest thing I can think of. Because we've seen water types for a lot of Pokemon. I would because there are so many fishy and reptile water types i would just say fuck it and have it be a living submarine you know water metal or water steel rather and uh yeah it's a submarine and it shoots torpedoes people are gonna like that nick you're not allowed to have pokemon that are real things uh big googly eyes on it they're gonna be furious at you nick and when it's its fully evolved form uh, and it'll have like googly eyes instead of portholes. So it'll have googly eyes, like four on a side all along it, all googling in different directions. You're mad. And man. the torpedoes have googly eyes. You're a mad lad, Nick. <laughs> They're going to go crazy for this. And the periscope has normal mean eyes. <laughs> Which eyes are its regular eyes? <laughs> ah, that's the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a creature that is enormous and shoots missiles, but it evolved to deceive its predators, question mark, by developing 12 <laughs> different sets of eyes. So you don't know which one is actually its eyes. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> All right. So questions here. Cyber 11 Magnum says been following you guys for years and while i found the whole woodworker podcasting entertain i have to ask where did it come from how did they hurt you they know what they did mm. so the joke answer would be yeah they know what they did 
the real answer, in case you weren't listening back at this time, you didn't know it is. Yeah, how, how, how we don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of every episode of Weekly Manga Recap the same way that the two of us don't. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> one of my favorites. I listen to the podcast, tell them Steve, Dave a lot. And one of my favorite episodes is an episode where they're like, "This, you know, we've been doing this for like seven years. People, we want to do a new jumping on point. So they try to do what they were calling like an episode zero because they're comic book guys. Like it's like a new jumping on point. So they started trying to like do it by they're like, like yes i was talking to troy the other day ah you guys probably don't know who troy is so uh troy is like a friend of ours who's a cop they tried doing it like three times that stuff came up and then they're like fuck it you know what if you haven't done it already just listen to the whole goddamn thing we're not starting over so it's <laughs> uh and i'm on that same game but if you want the quick explanation is when we first put the podcast on itunes we put ourselves in the hobby section uh i can't remember if someone told me that we ranked or that I found it out myself, uh, but I went over to see the ranking section. I was like, how are there so many fucking woodworking podcasts? <laughs> There's a, like a metric fuck ton of podcasts that were like ranked higher yeah. than us. Woodworking was just the funniest answer that I found. So that's why we hate the woodworkers. It's the you know nature of the Internet and the absurd amount of content that people put out there in terms of podcasts, YouTube videos, everything that there is enough stuff out there that there are entire huge massive fandoms for things you have never heard of before and it's not just a matter of like you know back when it would have been 20 some odd years ago when you find out like well why is there this man for star trek or what the hell ever it's a matter of like no no there are countless instances of that just a hobby that you could think of as being obscure there are a whole bunch of hobby podcast or something like that that are all really popular and have way more subscriptions than us so yeah there's there's really it's sort of one of the better parts of the internet is that you can find a fandom mm. for just about everything out there uh to the point where you're like i didn't really realize this was like a fandom i don't know if maybe fandom is mm -hmm. the right word but you could find a community i guess for just about everything yeah Unfortunately, sometimes the community you find is just like, oh, wow, this community sucks. <laughs> but usually you find there's a different community within that community, you know? Yeah, exactly. When you're like, you know what? I don't really like subscribing to the subreddit of Song of Ice and Fire anymore. But then you find pure Song of Ice and Fire, which sounds a little like, uh, you know, Aryan Nation kind of stuff. But I assure you, <laughs> it just means they just talk about the book. and They don't complain about the show. All right. Next up, uh, another email. I think it's it's it. I think it's your turn to read, uh, is, isn't it? Okay. Uh, from Satellite of Love, dear Nick, after time, after time, and Rotine in the deep. I don't know which one that was because in my mind, is it the Adele one? I'm pretty sure Rolling in the Deep was that her song. I couldn't remember if that was her song or not. I just know. Da -da -ba -da -ba and I couldn't that you literally just did the rolling but in I the don't, deep. But I don't part. know what the words are. I just know that's the sound I hear every so often. But you played it to the beating. All right. Yes. All right. Well, there we go. Roll O T in the deep. There. So we got both of them. There. Commitment. Yes. Let's not say I ever half ass anything. Do you guys feel that there are any of the current series y'all recap have peaked yet? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure One Piece has peaked mm -hmm. just by the nature of it has been going on for over 20 years. And I'm pretty sure that it's not as good as it was a long time ago. We kind of had that big reminder of that with the Boichi redo of the Zoro uh, fight with Mihawk. Where I was like, oh, my God, this was just so good. 
And it's been so long since we've had a moment like that. That's just like, yeah. Um, beyond that, uh, let's see here. Cause that's the easy answer, obviously, yeah, I mean, but beyond that. So just thinking about the series you recap, I don't think black clovers necessarily cat rig peaked yet. I don't know. I don't really know if it's summited anything either at this point. Um, my hero, I hope it hasn't. I don't think it has, because mm-hmm. I'd hate to think that the peak is, I guess, the showdown between All Might and All for One is the closest thing I can think of, like, a peak for the series. It hasn't had, like, that huge number one big arc yet, really. Jira having a concert, that's the peak. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Promise Neverland actually has probably peaked. Um, well, I would say, yeah, yeah. I think, th- I, I think, especially because so close to the ending, unless the conclusion is incredibly good, then yeah. Uh, World Trigger may have peaked with the invasion. It's tough to tell because World Trigger has its own weird abstract idea of pacing <laughs> where it's like, yeah, right. 17 months doing a training arc's fine. And you're like, I, I guess cool. it is. I, don't, I can't really argue. It's been great. <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, and then what, what else is in there? Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone. Uh, maybe. Maybe it did peak, I, but... What would the peak of Dr. Stone even be? Because it all... I mean, like, I'm not saying this is a complaint, but almost all of it feels like it's roughly the same level. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess maybe thinking that maybe it had a bit more kind of magic to it when it was early characters and they were still kind of discovering sciences. Like, they still were kind of working off of some really basic stuff, and now... Like every kind of week, it's like, all right, now we're going to invent like drones and like chemical warfare and things like that. And you're like, oh, wow, it's good. Maybe like and like the, the cast has grown so much larger that maybe you're like, I don't dig it as much as I, I, I maybe. But I don't know. Like, I guess if you really liked everything through the the, the big fight with Sukasa, I don't even know what you call it. The part two arc, I guess. Or part the one. Stone, stone, the Stone Wars, stone I think Wars. it was called. So I guess if you really like the Stone Wars stuff and you end up being like, ah, I'm not really digging the Y-Man stuff, then you're like, okay, I guess it may be peak there. But I, I agree with you where I'm like, it feels like it's on a similar kind of quality level all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seven Deadly Sins is close to its conclusion. I think it's fairly safe to say that it peaked, yeah. um, although it's not bad right now. We never learned uh, really. I think it. Maybe it's kind of in its peak, I feel like. It's tough to tell because we've gotten mm-hmm. like three kind of goofy chapters. It feels like it has gotten better and better with time. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely hasn't been a moment yet where it's like, this feels like it's been on a downturn. Because yeah. I think that just by the nature of it, as we've gotten to know and appreciate the characters more, it's been more enjoyable as a result. Each time that we have a big, you know, multi-chapter exploration of a character that lets us get inside their head and see how much they're worth caring about, it increases our enjoyment of the series. So despite the fact that it seems like it's much closer to its ending than its beginning at this point, it, it still doesn't feel like it's peaked. Of uh, Eden Zero. <laughs> I mean, it's similar to Black Clover. Peaked after the the color page at the beginning. I'm like, I, maybe it hasn't really even started its climb yet. You know, that's my hope. It's like, it's still sleeping in bed, like the alarm's going off. We can only pray. And its hand keeps trying to slap and hits the snooze alarm. But you're like, maybe next time it'll it'll actually wake up and start that, start that climb we need to do. 
And uh, did we talk about Black Clover for this? Yeah, well, that was the first uh, one we did. Uh, okay, okay, that's why I forgot. I'm old now with my memories oh, of what I used to Every week, Nick, I feel like I'm falling apart a little more. Boy, <laughs> 30, and I feel like I'm 90 times. It's brutal. I hurt my back the other week. Oh, it was brutal. I was like, how, how is this happening? I'm 30, and I'm like, I, had, I got out of my car at one point, and I had to like rest against the car. I was like, oh, oh, it hurts so much. And you're like, that's when you feel like you're like, oh, man, like, is this the olden days? A lion would just eat me right then because I had grown too old and fat to exist in this world. They were like, you're the weak and now you are food for the strong. Let's talk about this. We go to the next one here because this is from Ninja X3i, the maintainer of our spreadsheet, whom we appreciate very much. But there's a bit of a there's a bit of a thing that happens at the beginning here. So I got to This is a long one, but I'm going to go through the whole thing because hell, we've got time for it. Warning, this Q&A email revolves around spoilers for series previously recapped in WMR. At this point, I assume that most of these series are for series you have either already gone back and continued reading or you don't have intentions to finish the series. Fair enough. However, if there are still any series you are worried about being spoiled for you, feel free to check the answers first and treat the spoilers for series you intend to revisit at some point as if they weren't there if you do skip question one. Hello, Chris. Hate Dick Rampage Larios. I like that title. It seems you sound cool and metal. And Nick, this is an entire story about the development of a girl-on-girl relationship. And, um, well, um, it's not disgusting. Like, it's not explicit. No, 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 that was, wow. <laughs> did you say that at one I, point? I did. I had a slip of the tongue where I meant to refer to it's not gross the way that it's portrayed. <laughs> and I sounded like I was grossed out by gay, uh, gay romance instead. Like, and I was like, no, wait. I mean, it's kind of hot that they're kissing on each other and stuff like that, but I'm still not. I think that might have been what you followed up with. <laughs> Ninja X3 out here with another Q&A email. Not every series that MR has covered has been a complete series at the time being recommended, as it should be. Only being able to choose from series that are finished will be needlessly restrictive. Because of this, there are things that happen in those manga past the point where the discussion is had about them in WMR, and some of those things are very interesting. Below is a list of moments on plot twists and developments that I found to be very interesting about series that have been covered in the recap. The questions I have for you regarding these spoilers are as follows. Read only the spoiler and not the answer. Would you be able to guess what series each spoiler is from? You don't have to actively guess the series. For each one, you can just say no if you would not have been to guess or yes if you could figure out which series it was before checking the answer two after going through the below spoilers which of them did you find was the most and least surprising i.e the ones you would least and most have been able to see coming in the series it comes from three which ones did you find were the most and least shocking uh the one that you had the most and least visceral reaction toward upon reading it which ones did you find were the most and least intriguing Assuming the laws of time and space were twisted so that you would have been able to read these parts of the series when they were recommended, which one would you have most wanted to have talked about during your episode? And going off of that last question, which of the spoilers, if any, do you believe would have most changed your impression of the series at the time it was reviewed? So that's actually some interest. That that's, this is actually a really interesting idea. Um, I think we're going to need a game. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool idea, and I like I like this. I, I think that if we did this more often, it would actually be really cool. Um, we may have to keep our answers to these kind of brief, but I'm going to enjoy because I haven't seen any of this. I haven't actually spoiled myself on any of these things yet. I, I feel like I'm going to to probably enjoy and also hate some of this. So. Okay. Well, do we want to make it like a game uh, between us two? Yeah, let's try. Let's try to guess the series okay. here. I, I, so I'm I'm, a, I'm looking at spoiler one right now. 
one of the side characters was revealed to have been acting all along, intentionally hiding themselves as a side character while hiding their true abilities and motives in order to try and surprise kill a major character. That could be a lot of series that we've got. I was going to say, we read a lot of, like, Shonen or Seinen series that have, like, battle yeah. elements to it. So this could be something even like Pandora Chain or Pandora Heart. I can't remember the name of it. Or, like, Dead Band Wonderland. That's that's where my what mind's if, thinking. Uh, I'm going to guess Batum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, this one is Assassination Classroom. That doesn't surprise me at yeah. all. That sounds like a normal thing that happens in Assassination Classroom, honestly. Now, did they actually uh, succeed in assassinating the major character? Because the way it was kind of phrased made me think that they succeeded, that they, like... They reveal themselves. I think they were trying. They were probably trying to kill Koro Sensei. Wow. And spoilers for those of you who haven't read or watched all of Assassination Classroom, because the anime adaptation even has reached its conclusion. Uh, the series does end with Koro Sensei dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I remember correctly, the side character fails. I think if I because there's a big thing that happens at the end, and I think I know what's going on there. So that's not a very big surprise to me, and I don't think if I knew about that, I would have actually really cared because that's kind of what assassination. Yeah, I was going to say about. for that series, that's like par for the course, really. Yeah. Spoiler number two: the final antagonist's first real interaction with the anti-hero protagonist is offering a house full of people they force to become murderers as a present, then killing them all off when this doesn't have the intended effect. What? <laughs> so. It- the, the the big bad gives the right. hero of the story who's an anti-hero a house full of people as a present uh like people like murderers and kills them all i mean isn't that that's that sounds like Ma- nogami Nero. yeah i was gonna say isn't that machitante nogami Nero specifically but we we talked like that was complete when we did you, it that was completed when we talked about that and like i'm trying to think like anti-hero protagonist like my first thought was like um Amoatsu or Amoatsuzeru? That, that, yeah, yeah. But that, the, end, but that, that ended, guy with the devil mask guy. Yeah, that was over too. I think you're right. What are ones that we have? Oh, I'm trying to think. Like, what was the one with like the clown that like ate kids and shit like that? That's not spawn. <laughs> Wasn't there like some clown that fucked kids or something? Um, Agame Kakil or something. Are you talking about? I don't think Akamega Kill did that. That's like I'm trying to, th- I'm trying I actually to just read think the of specifically like a series with like an anti-hero kind of protagonist. I don't know. I'm stumped I think on this one. Forever, so let's 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 take a look at it. the series was Majintani Nagami Nero. This was complete at the time review, but Nick hadn't been able to get far into it due to having it to in the Halloween month. Okay. So you were actually okay. correct with your with we were actually correct correct with our first guy. Right. Again, not surprised to hear that. Okay. Spoiler three. Same-sex shipping has intensified for this series, as the protagonist has friends who act like slightly more subtle versions of typical harem manga love interest archetypes. Stalker, clingy, jealous girl, sundere, etc. Was that... Was that a stalker, clingy, jealous girl, sundere, etc.? Would that have been... Oh gosh, Tepu, maybe? Because that, I don't know if that, I don't know, because she didn't actually, like, make friends with a lot of the girls that showed up in that. So maybe not that one. Maybe, well, my, my, my mind is, like, right in the line of, like, I'm trying to figure out what the same set, like, is it a harem series that had, 
Like, because my mind's like, is it a harem series that already had like girls, something like that, but it had like guy friends who started to become those archetypes as well? Or maybe it just became a series. That maybe it's Kengan Ashwa. <laughs> maybe it will. I don't know. Um, I don't really know for this one. I, I guess it's worth to put a guess out there. Um, I'll say Tapu, just for the sake of saying something. Right. It's not my fault I'm not popular. Really? Huh. I mean, I could see that, but that is actually surprising to hear. That huh. that does, you know what? And this, I know that she had, I know that she had her clearly unresolved crush on her old friend who was suddenly really cute and beautiful. Um, but that is actually kind of surprising, to, a little bit surprising to hear, definitely. So, so did that does because this is kind of the point of that that does make me a little bit more intrigued to see where that goes because it's not my fault I'm not popular didn't really get too far into that but i would be curious to see if it started to delve into like adding like a real romance to that stuff so mm. yeah that's 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 interesting mm. spoiler four there is an entire chapter dedicated to the main couple having sex full frontal nudity and all that definitely sounds like batum to me <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna go out on the limb i'm gonna say it's one of two series i'm gonna say it's either vinland saga or a series that was trying to be Vinland Saga, which was Ubel Black. Or Ubel Blot, rather. I can't remember oh. anything about Ubel Blot. Just that it felt like it was trying to be that. But th that's that's my guess right off the top of my head. Okay. All right. Tokyo Ghoul. Technically in the sequel series Tokyo Ghoul Re, another acceptable answer is Sunken Rock, except it goes even longer. <laughs> um... Well, Sunken Rock does not really shock me in the slightest. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul, yeah, I can definitely see that. It was kind of one of those things that was just about, you know, it was about kind of the shock value of stuff and also about this character, you know, changing over time. So, but okay. I doesn't, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to answer that one. Oh, yeah, I definitely want to read it more now. <laughs> Oh, man, number five, some weird twisted shit. I don't really know what series this is from, and I don't want to. The protagonist confronts a group of four female high school bullies, one of which they murder by taking her virginity with the hooked handle of an umbrella, ew, then curb-stopping her repeatedly. They then force the remaining bullies to fight to the death to survive, after which they help the victim rape the surviving bully until she is broken into subservience. Okay, let's let's find out oh, what that is. Well, Mercy Elago! Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I was I was gonna say uh I was uh, I was gonna guess like wolf guy or some shit like that. <laughs> Mercy Elego, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't remember anything. Was it Mercy Elego like that old seventies fucking like it was the bunch uh, of gay people? Mercy Elego was the series about the crazy uh hit girl. The like she ended up joining the cult and decided to pretend oh. she was brain. Yeah, I was love. thinking I was Ripples. mixing up with From Aroka with Love. And I was like, really? That's that's it. No. <laughs> the curb stop. <laughs> uh, I was like, I think we need to read From Aroka with Love again, Nick. Spoiler six. I actually know this one. Uh, a major character turns into a dragon or to defeat a giant robot, and this does not end up getting reversed, though they still get a happy ending. I mean, fairy tale, or not fairy tale, Rave Master kind of tried to do that, but then undid it. Um, 
I don't really know. Uh, Pandora Hearts again. <laughs> it's gotta happen one time. It's a, a comic a kill. The main character actually transforms into a dragon through their special armor stuff, and uh, yeah. But despite turning into a dragon, the whole romance with mind thing that he had going on, they actually stay together after he turns into a dragon, and then the main character becomes a Kame, kind of suddenly. I know that she was kind of supposed to be the main character, but she kind of wasn't. That whole thing was confusing. Anyway, spoiler seven. At the end of the series, the protagonist finally defeats the main antagonist group, only to be ultimately betrayed by their love interest, who was intending to do so all along, but also ended up legitimately falling in love with them. That sounds familiar, but I can't recall. Hold on, I need to, I want to almost like look up like a list of the recommendations we've done. Because I'm trying to think of the series that I'm thinking of with this. Uh, fuck, where is it? I'm. Tr- I feel like there was like a like a fighting manga. The Breaker sounds like it could be, but it also sort of sound out like the Breaker or maybe like Sunken Rock or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I've got to guess at all. That's that seems like something that could apply to a lot of stuff. Though. I agree. All right. So the spoiler is Sunken Rock. Oh, cool. Go. I'm glad I spent 30 fucking minutes trying to remember what the name of the breaker was, too. OK. All right. Spoiler eight. The main and final antagonist of the series turns out to be one of the protagonist's closest allies, who is actually an unaging under specific circumstances being with limited mind manipulating powers whose ultimate goal is population control via manipulating the world the most recent attempt of which caused the series to end with a rape zombie apocalypse in japan what (laughs) no i don't know what this is but it's gonna be something stupid if this fucking if this ends up being something like fucking maha shoujo of the end (laughs) or some shit like that uh, I, I have no idea. I can't even comprehend what series this might be. I don't know either. Arachnid. Oh, okay. I've, I, I even barely remember that series. How the yeah, fuck did it get to the, that point? <laughs> Spoiler nine. Nick wanted to, quote, have a truck run over this character. <laughs> a chapter ends with that character getting hit by a car. Right, Nick, what are your most least favorite characters and everything? Oh, I've been doing this show for so long, Chris. I've hated so many characters. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just read the spoiler because I, I'm trying to think if I could give you a single clue as to who this Was is. Was it... Was it the protagonist of the series that I really hated or Um, I'll I'll tell you this. It was a romance series. Oh, was it um, blooming into you or not? Not this one. We just did (laughs) (laughs) really hate Nanami. No, uh, so much that that it went back with a car. (laughs) Um, What was her fucking was the fucking it had a weird poetic name and like a blonde guy who like manipulated the girl by like i think i think you got it it, it was today love starts that was yeah. it and I, that and was I, the one i was thinking of i couldn't remember and now the name. that you said blonde hair guy that everybody hates i was like i vaguely am starting to remember this series a little bit more okay yeah all right well then 
I don't know. If he gets better, I still wouldn't have wanted to read the series. <laughs> but that's one of the most in- most intriguing, like, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler 10, this manga pulls Nusaki's rock. There's not that many series you read with children being taken care of by an adult that we didn't finish. <laughs> was there? What was, uh, I think the only one we didn't finish was like Yatsubaya or whatever. They didn't fuck that kid, did they? <laughs> No, I don't think that that was it. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's like a character that got adopted later, in which case we would never be able to guess. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and look at the spoiler. I don't have a guess for this one. It, no, I'm just kidding. It's one of the recent spoilers. I couldn't think of another one. Jesus. All right. That's right. <laughs> you fucking troll. <laughs> uh, yeah. So out of those, um, there's not a whole lot that were incredibly shocking. The number five's um, pretty fucking shocking. I don't know. That's kind of, kind of, that's kind of got to be it. Yes. Uh, Mercy Elgo, just by virtue of, yeah. But even so, when I hear, heard about that, it's like, yeah, I could see the series doing that. <laughs> um, Out of the ones that would make me want to read it more, I don't know, getting to see that asshole get run over by a truck sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'd, I'd be kind of interested to see... But he would just get better and the love would deepen, uh, so... You know what? If anything, that, that truck hitting him brings them closer together, ironically. Because it, you know, with centrifugal force, it sends them away. Yeah, but yeah, love yeah. force Out sends of, them together. In terms of the most intriguing and making me want to read more, it's probably, it's not my fault that I'm not popular. Yeah. And Because, like, Okay, taking a different direction with the series is interesting. I do want to note that the Majin Tantan Nagami Nero thing is like far and away. That's one of the coolest moments in the series. Uh, so it is actually one of the best parts of it. But I had, I had already read all through that at that point. <sighs> all right. All right. Let's let's got a question here uh, from Satellite Love. Dear Nick, time of dying and rolling, 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 rolling tea. Uh, which WWE commentators <laughs> would be the best and worst for the Rock Wars in World Trigger? Well, Booker T would be one of the oh, best. He's, the he's like, let me tell you there's something, dog. That boy just jumped. He jumped off three things. My boy, Ikoma. He's jumping off. My boy, Ikoma. He's one of my top five. And he jumping my off and whatever my my, my five. And he jumping off all sorts of walls. That's why they call him the kangaroo, because he's jumping off of everything. Like, I guess that's kind of what <laughs> kangaroos do. It's not really specifically <laughs> what they're known for. He would like tell the two attackers in Ozma Squad apart by like the markings on their boots <laughs> instead of their different hair colors. Uh um, the worst would be Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, Attitude Era, Jerry the King Lawler, where he just talks about puppies the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Michael Cole wouldn't have a lot interesting to say, but he would probably just fill the role of the main female commentator who just kind of like just said stuff as it happens. Yeah, he has his good points. Be bearable, at least. Um, I feel Uh, like... So, like, every so often, World Trigger has, like, an antagonist sort of person. Like, everyone in the series is so respectful to one another, you never get, like, a true, like, like heel commentator. But I would like to see Corey Graves in there, who just shits all over people all the time as they're He's, playing. like, the one commentator that everyone's like, God, shut up. I hate, <laughs> I hate so you. You cheated on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's got to have one asshole commentator on WWE commentary at all times, apparently. You have to do it. It's just, it's, it's science. If it's not Jerry Lawler, then it's JBL. If it's not JBL, then it's Corey Graves. Isn't that Corey Graves? <laughs> yeah. uh, another good one, I think, would be um, Bobby Heenan, but that's an obvious answer. You know, if you want to have someone who's actually good yeah. at heel commentary. So, uh, and I love, you know, to like see the like excuses he comes up with for some of the really underhanded stuff. And he would, although it would be difficult for him to side with the heels if, again, all of the characters are, you know, good guys, basically. Yeah, there's nothing really but, like ever, nothing's ever treated as like unsportsmanlike or unfair in World Trigger. So I think his thing would maybe be more crapping on the heroes for maybe being too strong. He's like, ah, Chica, this is unfair. She's too powerful. She shouldn't be in here, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, do the thing that he did with, like, Hulk Hogan kind of thing. Yeah, okay. All right. <clears throat> do you want to handle the next email as well, or do you want me to get the uh, this one? I, I could I could do this one. Because it's, it's another long one, so. Uh, yeah, I can handle this one. This right. is from Nof4. Dear Nick, your continued aggression against dogs has earned you the wrath of the paw we're like the hand but our presence doesn't clash with the more grounded saying of the story and our fight scenes are well choreographed and filmed to be engaging freeman wow Woo. okay and chris <laughs> so what is your version of lady call lady gal called lady bow instead of the iron fist is your clan's arch enemy the iron claw who's like a cat girl or something because i might actually find that more interesting bring on the paul larios <laughs> Uh, bring on the paw. Yeah. I used to I used to say a lot of transmission awesome a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is not for. And I want to note that the, when the paws, the cool living weapon, has a car come ramming in from behind, they <laughs> dodge it. They don't goofily bounce <laughs> off the hood and fall off their ass. Uh, I think it's oh Netflix Marvel. <laughs> good times. Uh, I think this is the first Q&A question I've written since I've got my new job. Speaking of which, I was avoiding doing anything important by watching YouTube, but as you do, and occasionally one of those videos was on acting roles Power Rangers have had since their individual seasons. Eventually, it got to Jessica Jones' heroin-addict neighbor, who was the Red Ranger at RPM, barely recognizable between the two roles. Uh, I've watched RPM and didn't realize oh, it was him until wow. I said it. Yeah, that's, that's the same guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, during this I guess during that. this entry, the narrator knows how much better the defenders would be if it had a Power Ranger. And it's supposed to be a joke, <laughs> but the Power Rangers would legitimately go with the plot of defenders. So yeah, they come coming together against a an absurd, larger than life evil when they're just regular people that happen to have superpowers. Sure. What live action series do you guys think would be way better if it had Power Rangers in it? Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Every time some random serial killer shows up, the Power Rangers go in and karate them to death. And the plot's over in one episode instead of having everyone be incompetent for 20 years. <laughs> uh, I'll go with this. I'm going to go with another character from uh, a show that for Power Rangers and I went on to another show. I'll go with iZombie, which Rose McIver, who was the Yellow Ranger in RPM, was on. Uh, that show would be greatly improved with the Power Ranger. Uh, not necessarily to solve problems. I'm just like, hey, if it's a show about zombies, why don't I have a zombie Power Ranger? You know, let's get that. Let's Ooh. let's cover that one already. So that that's that's my first first option there. Yeah, do it before we have a gay one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that. So uh, I, I 
unprompted by nothing, just decided to start watching like a random season of Power Rangers. And I started to think, I was like, have they never done a gay Power Ranger before? And then I stopped. I was like, they still no. haven't done a female Red Ranger that's like of the main canon continuity. So what am I <laughs> sitting here thinking they're going to get that progressive that quickly? Yeah, really. Uh, let's see. If you want a series suggestion for a live action series, it would be better if it had Power Rangers in it. God, I don't watch too many live action shows. It's the problem. Because I can't say The Good Place because that show is, one, already good enough as it is. And two, what would the Power Rangers do in it? Um, what other shows do I even watch? I don't know. I don't think I, I don't I don't think I, I you know what? Star Trek legit. <laughs> the number of intergalactic threats that occur in Star Trek, the Power Rangers wouldn't be that weird to have in it. And anyway, you would have the Power Rangers in Star Trek. So there you go. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh sorry i'll go ahead and take uh, this one. just a reminder chris you've already crossed boardwalk empire of power rangers so you can't do it here damn it once oh, again no. i hoisted myself in my own petard this comes from jonah bacon life quits hey chris world trigger is back Arr! and nick and the and the spook master is dead until next year double win oh, i have to start We're getting ready for the spook master general that e this email was sent to us in november so it's <laughs> going up on that again after seeing a hilarious idea in comic that a working mug artist would have enough free time to solve mysteries in his spare time, <laughs> when most mug artists barely have time for their family, I have to ask, what do you think Oda, Hiro, Kubo, and Ashihara's secret second jobs would be? All right, Hiro already <laughs> probably has one where he draws, like, I, I, he has to, like, create fetish porn, which is not, like, I'm not even saying yeah. that's not a real career or anything like that, but I feel like that's where he would go next. He's one of, he's, like, a very lucrative uh, porn director. Yeah, but uh, it's all fetish stuff. It's all, like, there's never any actual porn. He just gets all the weird kink stuff that makes a lot of money because people are like, oh, I can't find it anywhere else. I'll, I'll get it here. I need my goat-looking tickle fetish, like, <laughs> satisfied. And he does it. Uh, Kubo would be like a secret service operative because then he gets to wear his sunglasses. Mm, I like that. Because he loves those sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, Ashihara is a secret. He's like a super spy. And that's how he knows all these tactics. But it also explains why he's constantly uh, hurt because he gets hurt on the only yeah. in the world. So that's also another reason why it's very rough for everybody. Gotcha. But, but, gotcha. but Ashihara has been saving us all. Yeah. What about Oda? Hmm. Clown. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I just imagine Oda walking around and he's just a wacky cartoon <laughs> character everywhere he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. While many people tend to grow to like characters they may have felt indifferent to or start to dislike characters they once someone enjoyed, Radical moves in either direction are sometimes rare. Can you think of examples of characters you used to hate who you ended up loving or characters that you loved who you ended up hating? Uh, Yuma. I think that uh, yeah. we were very annoyed by him in the beginning of World Trigger because he was constantly doing the duck face and not taking anything seriously. And then he had his big serious backstory that showed that he had depth as a character. 
And uh, the goofy stuff was just like, you know, reserved for lighter hearted moments. And then he would take other things seriously and you get to know him better. And hey, and that's like, it turns out he's more complex than that. That's like a real good answer, too, because that was pretty quick. I, I remember we shit on Yuma for a while. He had his backstory started mm-hmm. cool. And after that, we were pretty OK with him. Like, I don't remember like pretty much. It wasn't like yeah. a dip down and back up afterwards. Like, it was pretty much like, yeah, he's pretty cool after this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a video that infamous planet did of when we reached that turning point after chapters and chapters of shitting on it and you know, you know what this is a really good chapter and I actually like human now <laughs> and so for years onward <laughs> good old infamous planet um yeah. trying to think of like another character that i really turned the corner on or turned on for that matter Maybe Gauche a little bit. Like, I remember hating his little sister mm. gimmick when it started. And then eventually right. I was like, but I still have the little sister like gimmick issue with him. I just found that he eventually started to get some cool traits to him. Oh, Gauther. Gauther. Uh, G. Fugel Bob, a good one. Gauther from Seven Deadly Sins was one. Seven hated Sins. Gauther. Mm. Maybe. Because he was such a huge jerk with his emotionless thing. And then he became more complex over time. Yeah, that's that may be the right answer to this where I'm like, all right, that and Aruka from uh we never learned might be a big one as well. Because hmm. Aruka was pretty annoying at first as well and then yeah. it's like, no, she's the best. So. Yeah, it was those first early chapters where like I thought this was supposed to be a series about these two girls and so like immediately a third girl got added who was really mm-hmm. annoying. You're like, all right, chill out. Do you want to do maybe like one more email and then we'll wrap things up? Yeah, we'll wrap this up real quick here. Last question here from August uh, says, Dear Pleakly Manga Recap Alien Menace. Interesting. Lilo and Stitch reference. Oh, it's never going to get that. Uh, Number one, make a real Echoes Act 3 power. Something that's building off the kanji thing. What is that? So this was Jojo Part 3 or Part 4. Okay. Uh, act one of echoes could make sounds, I think. Part, oh, num- right, number okay. two is where if it sets, yeah, it made right. like it made it sound, the kanji would like physically kind of appear and like alter the properties of things. If I recall, I'm trying to remember exactly everything it did. Hold on. Um, cause it's powers changed with each one. I mix them up. Uh, Jesus Christ. Fandom is just the worst. You know, I want fucking powers. Yes. So number one would create conchies on things and it would make the sound of them over and over again. So it was just kind of like annoying sort of thing. Uh, Part two made it so it could like trigger an equivalent effect to whatever sound it was. So if you put like open on a locked door, it would open the door or whatever. And then Part three was like, I don't know, it could double their weight. <laughs> like, didn't continue the content. So, I guess, what would, like, the evolution be? Because part two is already kind of the best one it is. Maybe it's like, if you say a word, and I don't know how you possibly do this, because this would never translate. But if you made a word that was similar to it, you could completely change something. Ooh, so like by like modifying the kanji, you modify the object completely. That yeah. 
that's really cool. <laughs> I can see something with that. I have, again, I have no idea how you translate that, but something along yeah, because you would have to change the word in the new language. Oof. I guess the closest equivalent would be like rhyming for us, but like still like along the mm-hmm. same lines. That's that's what I would think. Yeah. That's that's a really cool idea. I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, right. Two. What do you think is the best name drop of a series, or just your favorite? You know the transform, you know the triumphant moment where Ichigo screamed, "Please!" at you a box, something like that. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> uh, I am gonna be straightforward about this. I actually really like the way that the four kids One Piece dub uh, had Gold Roger say, "I lifted there in one piece." Uh, in the opening. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it, I think it kind of probably messed up what it, One Piece is intended to be, but it's a cool line. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I do agree with that. It is a pretty cool way of doing it. Um, I'm trying to think of like the name drops in series and most of them don't have it. I'm waiting for the world trigger one to happen because I still have my theory about that, but um. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess maybe it's the One Piece one because I can't think of a better mm-hmm. example off the. Actually, Doctor Stone's been pretty good about that too. Although he has said like three different things about Doctor Stone. Different things <laughs> to Doctor Stone. <laughs> so the first one's a pro- the the first one was a pretty good one, and then the like thing that applies to the petrification's like okay, that was pretty good too. But <laughs> it's like you really nailed this with soap though. This is our Dr. Stones. Again, how many Dr. Stones are there? It's like you know the Come on, It's Sanger. like you know the name of the series is Dr. Stone. You're telling us. <laughs> uh question 3, when do you think My Hero Academia will end story-wise? Deku defeating Shigaraki when Deku graduates or will it follow him working up into the professional world? Make a guess. I would guess that it's probably going to conclude with him graduating because it's my hero academia that seems like it's the point of this, of the series is that it's focused on his high school years and him growing into a hero uh and there will probably be an epilogue thing that shows him you know as a really good hero uh the only other thing that i could see in order to stay true to the premise of it's a school for heroes is if he goes to a college for heroes or he becomes a teacher for heroes or something Sorry, i just ran ahead to the next question <laughs> much of my speech. <laughs> um, no, I agree with you. Maybe it's uh, Dicky defeating Chikaraki. It all sounds very good. Anyway, question four. <laughs> Oda shows up to your doorstep and he tells you in perfect English he wants to fuck you in the ass or he's personally canceling one piece. <laughs> what you doing? You know, I'm surprised we don't get more questions of this type. I don't know. It's like you reached into my soul and pulled that question <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean sure you know what he's fucking you're so stressed you've done a lot for me like you got lube at least or something like that like i guess that's the question like are you prepared for this or he's like no i've never done this before like, and i'm wrong no, going in raw i'm like, <laughs> gonna tear that shit I'm up like, oh geez all right you know what as long as you find me like a good montage of like the best clips of One Piece to watch while this is happening. So like as I'm just getting rammed in the ass, and I'm just like, oh, this is so violent and hurtful. I'm like watching the Robin like I want to live speech. And I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty worth it because you've given us some really great moments. 
<laughs> and then like as soon as like he leaves i like shut the door i'm like rubbing my butt and it's like ding dong it's david simon he's like i'm the guy who made the wire i'm gonna fuck you in the ass or erase it from existence i'm like oh geez not again over the end credits <laughs> All right, there is no question five in this email. We're done. We're ending on that note. <laughs> That's going to do it for Longer Recap this week. <laughs> oh, fuck. You're trying to kill me, man. <laughs> are, we, are we doing the actual wrap-up for the end of this episode? We just ended it there. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Regular Mike and recap next week. Chris, what series are we reading oh, right. before? Uh, so we're going to be taking a real short recommendation this week, but I picked this up. Uh, quite a few people have recommended it. I left the page where it had everybody who did it. Oh, here we go. So Molderman, G. Fugel, and Gelly Elfson have all recommended this. We're going to be taking a look at Spy Family. You can find it on the Manga Plus app, mm-hmm. and it is somewhat notorious, right? Not notorious. It's somewhat uh, notable right now. For on being a like number three on the list of like most popular series on that site, uh, in between One Piece mm. and Dragon Ball Super, so it's a super early series. Wow. So we're gonna be taking a look at this, uh, but similar to how we look took a look at like My Hero Academia when it was still really early on because there was a lot of hype to it. Cool. All right. There we go. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you guys for listening to Week of Manga Recap. Uh, I, my voice has killed itself as a result of that laughing fit. So thank you to the usual people. It's just, just, just look in the description for all the links and stuff. Just, I, I need to, I need to get ready for work. All right. All right. Bye everyone. Bye, everybody. <laughs>